been a joy to be here. Uh, my wife and I wish we could stay because there's a lot more I'd like to learn about Fernley so I can pray for you better. But whenever God opens the door for me to come back, Pastor, uh, I do want to come to see more of what God's using this church to do. And uh, let's turn to Philippians chapter 4, verse 10. I, I, um, I was looking at my Bible, and uh, some people don't do this, but I love to write in my Bible. Um, and over the years, um, different preachers have preached out of Philippians. And uh, they make comments, or in reading commentaries, a preacher will, in Philippians will say something. And I just want to read some of the things. It's not part of my message, but we're going to be looking at chapter 4, verses 10 through 20. And the title of my message is A Contented Christian. I would like to show you something that God really helped me. It, uh, God showed me this right after we got hit in March of 2020 when COVID shut the world down. And I'll get there. You know that the book of Philippians is a book about joy. We just recently had a pastor come in and do a three-day uh, seminar on Philippians, literally, and uh, you can go back to our website and hear Pastor Mark Monte talk about Philippians has a tremendous amount, are you listening? Helping God's people to be careful how we think. Because, guys, the power of our minds sometimes can overwhelm the power of our heart. You know, the NAACP, when I was a young man, had a series of commercials. And remember, many of you remember, the mind is a terrible thing to waste. Let me tell you, in, in, in God's people, our minds and hearts are a terrible thing to waste. When we have the Holy Ghost, when we have the mind of God right here in the Word of God. And so you go through chapter 4, and I wrote down some things like this. One preacher, Morris Gleiser, said in 2011, it doesn't have to make sense to you to make sense to God. Someone else, Bill Rice, uh, said, um, the more God owns, the less I worry. Now think about that. And then concerning verse 6, which is uh, uh, a very important verse for Christians, uh, one preacher said, one reason we do not pray with thanksgiving is that we're too busy complaining to God. Another preacher said, complaining is great fertilizer for anxiety. <laughs> and then you may have seen this. They have it at Hobby Lobby and in different sign stores. Thank God for what you have. Trust God for what you need. And then Brother Bond, remember Dr. Bond, he passed recently. And he preached out of this chapter and he said this way back. Concerning verse 13, which we'll look at, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Brother Bond said, you can do what you're supposed to do. Do you realize with God's power, you can do what you're supposed to do? God will let you. He will help you. Another preacher just last year on the board at Ambassador said, you cannot. God never said you could. But God can. He's always said He would. And then lastly, I like this. Bob Jones Sr. said, All God's commandments are backed by God's omnipotence. And tonight, I just want to encourage you. I want to introduce you to Paul a little bit because Philippians is a part of four books in our Bible that were written about the same year. 
one to two years, 60 to 61, okay? You'll remember that Paul got saved just shortly after the Lord rose from the dead. And he was a hater of Christianity. We don't know that he had met Jesus until that day in Acts 9 when he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. But Paul was so transformed that he became the apostle to the Gentiles. And for 20 years, Paul suffered and and gave himself to leading Gentile people in Europe. Well, really in Asia Minor, we call it Turkey now. And he got over to Europe and 20 years. God only knows how many people he led to Christ, how many churches he planted. But while Paul was kind of at the peak of his ministry, something happened to Paul that stopped everything. He had made a decision to go back to Jerusalem to make a vow. The believers warned him not to go back to Jerusalem. Paul, if you go back, they're going to kill you. Well, the truth is, he, um, they didn't. They tried. But by the time he got to Rome, he was arrested in Jerusalem. He was taken to Rome, and he was supposed to get a trial. All right, the end of Acts has Paul under house arrest. We call it prison. It wasn't the prison he will die in in 2 Timothy, the Mamertine, years later. So the Bible reads this way. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concerned the Lord Jesus Christ, with all confidence, no man forbidding him. And so for those two years, Paul sat in a home he paid for. He was never allowed to leave. He was under Roman guard. But the Bible says people were allowed to come in and go. Paul, all of a sudden, found himself in a really strange irony, just like we found ourselves. Now, we didn't go through what Paul went through. But here, a man who was at the peak of his ministry stops. And he didn't know it would be two years. But during those two years, he would write four Bible books. And I'm glad that God stopped Paul, put him under house arrest, told him he had to shelter in place, and because I got four great books I get to read. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. God has a purpose in all the things that happen to us. And though we feel like March of 2021 took so much from us, and it did, I want to show you some things that I know happened to you because they happened to my wife and I, and they happened to Paul. So while Paul was two years, now we know that Paul would have been released because He would travel for three more years, going back to the churches and writing Timothy, 1 Timothy, writing Titus, a preacher boy, to go to Crete and try to plant, uh, uh, ordain pastors for the churches. And then about a year later, uh, in his third year of being free, he was taken captive. And in 2 Timothy, he says, Son, Timothy, it's over. God, show me I'm going to die. But I'm not sad. I finished my course. I kept the faith. Second Timothy, for me personally, is a very emotional book because I love studying Paul. And Paul said, look, I may be bound, but the gospel is not bound. And he gives wonderful truths to Timothy and to us. 
Well, let's go back to this earlier time when Paul was under house arrest. Paul, as he's finishing the book of Philippians, says in verse 10, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last, or kind of at the last moment, your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want. For I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be, there's the word, content. Now, I'd like to take the next few moments and break down some very precious truths to me. Because God showed me back in March this passage in a new way. And so it has helped me. I've tried to use bits and pieces in personal conversations. A couple times I've been able to share this message. Because now that we can look back a little bit, and I know California on the 15th is supposed to open up. I don't believe that. But it doesn't, listen, it doesn't matter what happens. What happened March of 2020 or what will happen. Paul is about to show you and me. There is a supernaturalness when we go through these times that God will help you. And I want to show you what they'll be. They've already happened. Did you notice them? Did you even pay attention? I'm afraid I didn't. And God's convicted me of that. I don't ever, whatever God holds for us in the future in America, I don't ever want to go back and misbehave the way I'm afraid some of us Christians did. We badmouthed government so much that we forgot to praise God. Watch this. So Paul, basically, number one, gives us three points about how he learned to be content while in prison. The first thing he acknowledges in verse 10, number one, is that he recognized the faithful providence of God. Paul said, I just want to close by saying thank you for that gift that you sent me. It came at the last minute. Paul, what did you mean it came at the last minute? Paul did not express what that was. But folks, I can tell you, a man like Paul, he would have been a very frustrated man. God, get me out of this. I've got their souls that need to be saved. There are churches, but God would not release him. And Paul said, I'm just going to tell you, when your gift came, the very first thing I realized, God, you put me here for a reason. And you let the Philippians love gift get to me right when I really needed it. That word greatly I rejoice greatly. He didn't rejoice to the Philippians. He rejoiced to God. And Paul was saying it this way. God, you've always been there for me because you're my providential God. I want to take the word providence apart. Pro and video. The word pro means before and video means to see. Have you ever thought this thought that God Our Father, the Creator of the universe, is the only being that can see the future. Satan can't see the future. I don't know the future. But we know the one who can see. Folks, when COVID hit, uh, we were all... What? You remember the first days when they started talking about Hunan showing video of a city being shut down? You went, wow. What's going on? I'm glad I don't live there. And within weeks, we started hearing it's in America. Uh, and, and the government's thinking about, and we're going, oh, come on. And then, bam. We older folks, and even the young ones, our government's saying we can do what? And we can't do what? Then the mask mandate. Mandate. 
and then all the rules and, and weird things. And you, Were you with me? Just like, okay, I didn't want to watch the news. I felt like America was gone. Liberty, gone. But you know something? Paul, he didn't have any liberty. And he said before, he said, you want to know how I've become content? I recognize God's providence. God knew before I got saved, there'd be a two-year period where I was going to sit and God would help me to write four books to His glory. Listen, and since we were locked down, I hope you'll go back and think about all the good things that happened Amen. that would have never happened if we hadn't let God. You see, God loves the world, the lost world. The millions that have died from COVID, God loved them too. But God especially loves His children. So Paul said, I just rejoice that God knew before it happened. And so I took a moment when that love gift came and I just said, I rejoice, Lord, greatly. That word greatly, the Greek word, I love the Greek word, megalos. You hear mega? You know when you go to stores, they say, get a mega drink. Paul said, I just wanted to thank God for him. I just realized he's been watching over me all this time. And I got a little frumpy and I got a little angry. And God, I know I'm not going to do that anymore. Listen, the greatest thing you'll listen tonight, Paul says, the number one, if we'll remember, no matter what's going to happen, we have a providential God. Nothing's going to confuse him, scare him, and he'll take care of it. The providence of God. Number two, this is the heart of the message. Paul then talks about, in the following verses, the faithful pedagogy of God. The faithful pedagogy of God. That word pedagogy means to train a child, to instruct, to teach. First time I ever heard the word used, it was uh, when I was in Bible college, they talk about piano pedagogy. You take piano and you were learning how the, to, the basics. All right, listen. This, this is what God really helped me with. Paul said, can I share with you, Philippians, three things that God taught me? And I would have never learned these if God had not stopped me in Rome for two years. If God had just let me keep going and have freedom, I would have never learned these three lessons. Let me tell you, these three lessons are the same three that God's helped me with during COVID. You said, Brother Spencer, you're a little late. We're going to get, you know, June 15th, uh, California's open. Uh, South Carolina's been open. Texas has been open. Florida's been open. And Nevada will get open. And that's why God convicted me. Joel, do you remember back when COVID hit and, and you were getting a lot like other preachers, bad-mouthing the government, saying, Bless God, they're taking away our liberty. And folks, I'm an American and I love being free. But we've got to remember there's something greater than being an American. It's being a child of God. The Word of God should in our lives be more important than the Constitution of the United States. We must remember that. Boy, I'm glad I got to be born in this country. But do you recognize that for 2,000 years, most of Christians didn't know this? Somehow they lived, and they died, and they lived their Christian life. When Paul would write these prison epistles, then he's released. Nero would come on the throne. What a wicked man. And just a couple of years into his reign, he turned on Christianity. And he's the one that brought Paul into the Mamertine prison and had his head cut off. 
Now that's a couple years away from the writing of this. Paul said in verse 11, the first thing that God taught me was an independence. An independence. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am. Now that doesn't mean Nevada or California. It means whatever situation of life, whatever state of being I am, therewith to be content. Paul said, God taught me something because I did not like to be trapped in this house. God taught me, and by the way, the word learn means, it has the idea of to learn by practice or experience. That God expected me in house arrest, sheltering in place, whatever we want to call it, God taught me I am to be content no matter where I am. Now folks, there's a great lesson. You all don't look bad. You don't look like anyone's starved. But boy, the devil worked on us. During COVID, does God really love you? I mean, is Grace Baptist going to survive? A lot of churches shut down. Not this church. God watched over you. He had no intention. And the devil may have said during COVID, ah, what a great... Listen, the devil didn't send COVID. He doesn't have permission. God allowed it. But he wasn't about to abandon his children. Tonight, if you have not thought about the faithful providence of God, when you go home, acknowledge it and thank him. Lord, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know you do. Number two, God, now that I look back, yes. Why didn't I understand that even during COVID, even when my factory shut down, I had no job, God expected me, my family, to be independent. We can live the Christian life and you'll take care of us. Whatsoever state I am, I'm to learn to be content. Over in Timothy, 1 Timothy 6, Paul would say, having food and raiment, let us be there with content. That's hard for us Americans. We're always comparing ourselves. The media is always trying to compare our economy with the old economy and, and this city with the economy of that city. Listen, Christian, don't fall for that. There are very, very poverty-stricken believers in this world that are happy and they're content. Number two, he says in the next verse, by the word, way, the word content, and Paul uses it more than any of the other writers, literally means to be independent, to be self-unflappable. Uh, doesn't matter what happens in the world. And by the way, it doesn't really matter what happens in my home because bad things happen to me, but my providential God said, I'll take care of you, therefore I choose to be content. God will get me through this heartache. God will get me through this pain, this cancer. I, he's just asking me, would you have the testimony that you trust me? You'll be content. Number two, he says in the next verse, God gave me a special instruction. He says, I know both, in other words, at the same time, both how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. The word abase means to be put down. Paul was humiliated, brethren, so many times publicly. But there were times when Paul said, I, I, in those 20 years of my ministry before, I got locked down. Oh, I had some good times. And he said, you know what God showed me? And he said, I only learned it right now in prison. I'm, I'm to learn to live with both. 
where I'm humiliated and I'm put down, or I'm with my friends and I abound. Whether I, I hunger or I'm full. That, by the way, that word need at the end of verse 12 is the word uh, necessity. There were times when Paul didn't have enough money in his bank account. There were times when Paul didn't have maybe uh, uh, enough warm clothes. But Paul said, you know what? God took care of me. But I found something out. Now, folks, listen to this. This is precious. The word instruction is an unusual word. It has the idea of I was given secret ritual knowledge. Let me read you the definition of the word instructed. To initiate, to instruct in secret or sacred ministries. Listen, you know what Paul's saying? You know, I served, God saved me when I was 30. And then for 20 years, I went all over. And and God just saved Gentile pagan people and churches. And and yeah, my life was hard. And I, But you know what? I sat down and I was not allowed to move. And God taught me something. I would have never learned this. If God hadn't kept me quiet, and Paul said, I wouldn't give that for anything. I'm glad God put me sheltered in place. I'm glad that God locked me down for two years because God taught me some things I guess I never listened before. Listen, since March of 2020, have we not learned some things? Didn't God kind of reach down in your heart and say, now listen, daughter, you're not trusting me. Listen, son. Don't get caught up in all the talk about shutdowns and and unemployment. I'm going to take care of you. When you look back, one day you may tell your grandchildren or children. Now, this will be in the history books. They'll say, Grandpa or Dad, was it bad during COVID? And you'll say, well, to be honest, no, it was weird. But you know, son, God took care of mom and dad. God took care of grandma and grandpa. But you know, I didn't realize that, son. But I look back and say, I learned some secret things about God and me. There was a cartoon that came out way back. Uh, it was in March of 2020. And you remember the toilet paper, toilet paper scan? Just two weeks ago, three weeks ago, on a Friday, it was said to us in the southeast that the, the colonial pipeline, the major pipeline from the Gulf of Mexico all through the southeast was hacked. Whoever hacked that, by the way, I don't believe it. I believe it was all set up. But all of a sudden, they said, we don't have gas. The reason that the southeast didn't have gas and 70% of the gas stations in North Carolina, no gas. No gas, Okay. It was not there wasn't enough gas in the line. It was hoarding. People hoarded. Remember the hoarding of toilet paper? Who can believe we lived during a time when you couldn't find toilet paper? Well, there was a cartoon, and it was, it was dated 2025. And a little five-year-old boy who was born during COVID said to his dad, Dad, Mommy and you were talking the other day about uh, COVID. What, was, it, was it hard, Dad? Dad, what did you do for a living during COVID? Son, I had the most, one of the most dangerous jobs in America. I was a tail gunner on a Charmin delivery truck. <laughs> you know, you, you laugh and I laugh. There's coming a day when Americans will forget about that. Well, during the gas shortage, which is over, 
We've got gas back in North Carolina. People were hoarding gas. They were literally putting, taking garbage bags and filling garbage bags. That's illegal and dumb. You don't put gasoline. They were taking bags of gas. And so they had a meme I saw just before I left to fly out. One of the students sent it to me. It showed a man and a woman uh, with their big Tahoe, the backup, and they were literally putting in, and I counted at least 10 to 12 five-gallon gas cans, and they were hoarding it. They were looking at the camera. And the meme said, the saying said, you know, uh, we, we'd, be, we'd have enough gas if the toilet paper people hadn't gotten there first. Uh, I got up two weeks ago in a church in Columbus, North Carolina, Nathan Dietrich. And I said, it was the Sunday during the gas shortage. I said, folks, I'm so glad you made it. Did you all find gas? And they all kind of smiled. And I said, hey, I'm so glad. They're in Polk County, North Carolina. We live in Rutherford next door. And I said, folks, pray for us in Rutherford. Because somewhere there's a family that has a garage full of one-year-old toilet paper and now bags of gasoline. It's not going to turn out well (laughs) this summer. Now, you were tempted to hoard too, so was I. Did you notice God took care of us? Do you realize there are things that God did inside your mind and heart very quietly? There's men here that you didn't even tell your wife some of the things God was talking to you about. Ladies, there were things that God spoke to your heart about. You, You maybe not have shared with your husband, but all of us should thank God that during this time, God was right there. And he said, I'm going to talk to you about something. That's a sweet instruction. Paul said, I would have never heard God say this, but I had to sit still. And during that time, God instructed me that, listen, Paul, you can can be content whether you're abased or you're abound. The third thing he says he learns is in the next verse. And by the way, verse 11, I said he learned an independence. And then I said in verse 12, he learned a very special, sweet instruction. Can you imagine Paul being instructed? But he was. And then thirdly, he gives the third thing God taught him, an insistence. Now, verse 13 is the life verse of many Christians. But whenever you hear pastor or a guest preacher preach this and use this verse, remember the context. Paul said, I have now come to the conclusion... Now, we don't know if Paul wrote this at the beginning of the tears, at the end, the middle, but he said, it doesn't matter how long I'm going to be sheltering in place. It doesn't matter anymore to me that I'm locked down because God has told me, Paul, you can do anything through Christ that strengthens you. Paul said, so it's fine with me. Paul was saying, and so should we, that no matter what we face to be content, we can say, I can do anything. I can go through COVID. I could go through COVID again. God taught me something about Himself. He never abandons me. He saw COVID before it came. And here I am, all this, a year plus later, I'm doing fine because my God has shown me I can do all things, all things through Christ. Let me tell you something special, and i got to move quick. That word strength, comes from the Greek word. I'm going to say the Greek word. I like Greek words once in a while. Okay? You ready? Dynamo. You guys know what a dynamo is. 
It's a source of power. It's a source of energy. And Paul said, you know what? This being content, I had, to, I had to thank God for being a providential God. And then I had to sit quietly as God instructed me and taught me to be content. Taught me it was okay to be locked down. Taught me that God was going to take care of me whether I'm abased or I abound. God said to me, son, you can do anything you're supposed to do as long as you're doing it with the dynamo of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I'm already feeling better tonight since I started looking at this. Number one, the faithful providence of God. Number two, the faithful pedagogy of God in closing the faithful promises of God. There are two in verses 14 through 20. The first one is verses 14 through 17. When you give, doesn't matter what you face, when you give, you are allowed to supernaturally partner with God's ministries. Listen, Paul was sitting under house arrest, but he says, notwithstanding, ye have well done that ye did communicate. That means to partner with, with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, in other words, from the area of Philippi, no church communicated with me, partnered with me, as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. Wait, stop. Now in my the Spencer version, in my mind, that should have a period after that. Because that verse, can you imagine? In prison, locked down, sheltered in place, Paul said, Man, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I have everything I could ever want. In prison! Now, he may not have felt that way at the beginning until God got a hold and said, Son, you sit down, you hush, and I want to teach you some things about me and you. Paul said, I'm just so full. You have no idea what that love gift meant to me. You didn't have to do it. I didn't ask God to make you do it. But you did it. I'm full and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. So Paul tells us that when we give as believers, as a local church, God allows us, as he did the Philippians, to partner with Paul. That's one of the greatest truths. I'm glad you have missionaries. I'm glad you support other missionaries and missions. Do you realize, church, that when you give through this local church, you literally are partnering with that mission or with that Bible college or with that evangelist. You literally are allowed by God to engage in a partnership. Now, you can't go on the road to be an evangelist and you can't go to um, uh, Solomon Islands or, or, or England or, or Russia, to, but you, God's going to give to your credit a partnership. That's part of that gold, silver, precious stone. Do you realize giving is one of the most important things God talks about. Jesus talked about giving all the time. Why? Does God need our money? Nope. But God often will use our giving or lack of giving to work on us. Oh, yeah. And, and listen, when you give, even if you start out giving, you've, you've never learned to tithe or to give off. That's all right. As you begin to do it, God's Spirit says, good. Now watch what I'm doing for you. 
one of the most spiritual things we can do. It's at least as important, maybe more. I, I'm not going to, I'm not God. I, I shouldn't say that. But one of the most important things you do, at least as important as you reading your Bible, and as important as praying, and as important as witnessing, is giving. Jesus talked about it all the time. Did he need our money? Did Jesus, who lived very, uh, we call it poor? No. He just said, if you want to walk with the Lord, learn to test him, prove him. Often God will send something into your home and you go, how are we going to pay this? That's, you may not know this, but the Holy Spirit's going, hey, let's get it done. Why don't you start giving and praying and watch what I'm going to do? Now, there's enough born again people in this room that know the Lord. You go, yep, I can look back. Good. So can I. COVID took a lot from us, but it didn't take the blessing of giving. Do you know a lot of churches, pastors have told me, they said, you're not going to believe this, Brother Spencer. We couldn't pass offering plates. So we started putting them in the back. Do you know our giving's never been better? A lot of pastors are saying that. Good. Now, one evangelist came in and said, now I have a theory about this wonderful giving. I'm glad and praise God, God's glad, but it may be because God's people didn't have enough money to waste on vacations and yacht cruises. I don't know. I'll be positive about it. But tonight, Paul said, I I just want to thank you, Philippians, and I want you to know you are allowed by God to partner with me. But the second blessing is this. When we give and sacrifice, God does something so spectacular it defies common sense and the world will never understand this. Here's a verse you've heard many times. But my God shall supply. Notice it didn't say my government. Boy, have we been duped over the last two years to depend on the government. They throw a little money at you called a stimulus check. You ever wonder why they call it that? That's government tease. By the way, thank you, government, for giving me $1,400 that cost me actually $6,500 as a taxpayer to get. But you know, most of America was like, <laughs> by the way, that's a precursor of what probably will happen as they keep doling out our money. Let me tell you something. I didn't fall for that for a second. You said, did you take it? Yeah, they put it in my bank account. Did you thank the government? No, I thanked my God, but I know better that even if I didn't get a dime from them, I've got a much better stimulus program right here. Notice Paul says, but my God shall supply. That word supply means fill up. Take care of all the bill. All your need, not greed, your need. Now watch this. According to, I underlined that phrase, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, no word in our English Bible is wasted. God could have written it this way. My God shall supply all your need out of His riches according to Christ Jesus. The phrase is not out of. It's according to. You may say, well, what's our... I'm going to explain this. I'm not making this up. If God gave to you and your family and this church, if He always had taken care of all the believers on the planet, there are millions of them right now. And there have been millions for 2,000 years. If He said... I'm going to keep taking out of my bank account 
my riches in heaven. I'm just going to keep giving and giving. Listen, God never had a debit in his account. Our God is so, he owns everything. He says, do you realize? I don't need, when I give to you, when I take care of you, I don't miss it. I give according to my riches. And you're here saying, yeah, my God, boy, God's so rich. Well, yes, your father is the creator. And when the government tells you, you better get afraid, you better obey us. The economy's going to crash. You won't get any more stimulus checks. Don't listen to that. Because you can just say, well, President Biden, you may think that way, but my God shall supply all my need according to his riches. And none of us know how rich that is. Now, he did not make that promise to America. He did not make that promise to the lost world, but he did to his children. You belong to him. He will never, David said, I, I'm, I've been young, now I'm old. But I've never seen God's children beg for bread. Really intelligent, hardworking Americans have been changed since March of 2020. But sadly, some born-again people sadly have been changed. Let's not be changed. Let's hold on to our Father and His promises. So Paul said, you've got to believe, if you're going to be a contented Christian, you have got to acknowledge the faithful providence of God. You've got to be willing to sit still and be taught the pedagogy of God. And then you must acknowledge the promises of God. Tonight, I wanted just to be an encouragement. You and I have gone through a, a rough time. Christians have been through much worse in the history of Christianity. You know that. I don't know what's going to happen in 2022. Who of us thought there would be a 2022? I mean, when I was a little boy, you know, 2022, does the world exist? There were songs in the 60s, 70s that said, you know, question whether we'd be around. I'm sorry, ma'am. I'm too little. Who's Buck? Never mind. Uh, sister, see me after church. Um, one of us needs counseling. Listen, I'm done. Since March of 2020, it was scary. It got scarier. But you know something? God said, I don't give you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Paul said, you know something? I sat here and thought, what in the world? I can't go anywhere. I've got Roman soldiers telling me I can't leave this house. I rented it. Oh, well, yeah, they're letting some people come in and out. And I've written this letter back to you Philippians. But can I share that while I was under house arrest, I learned something. I learned something that I wouldn't trade for all the liberty and freedom. My God shall supply. All my need, and yours too. According to His riches in Christ Jesus. Look how He closes. Now unto God and our Father. Be glory forever and ever. And all God's people said, Amen. just like we're supposed to. Father, thank You for this time.